Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And guess who's here with me today? Heather Green is here. She has this book, you guys. It's amazing. It's a critical history of witches in America film and television. Lights, camera, witchcraft. Now, don't get scared. It's not a scary book or anything like that. It's about, let me just read you a little bit of what this is about before I get into this. So this book traces the fascinating history of witchcraft and witches in American film and television, from Joan the Woman and the Wizard of Oz to Carrie and Charmed, journalist and film scholar Heather Green explores how these films profoundly influence the public image of the witch and how they reflect the negotiation of a woman's power within patriarchal society. Um, this is really going to be a fun conversation. So share this show, you guys, with your friends. Now, before I bring her on, I have to talk a little bit, and I was trying to do my timer, guys, so we could time this, but it's not working out today. Um, so I have got this headline here, Ukraine commanders say a Russian invasion would overwhelm them. And because this is high road to humanity, I wanted to bring this to people's attention. So if Russia opts for an invasion, Ukraine's generals say they would have no hope of repelling it without a major infusion of military help from the West. Now, this uh, KYIV Ukraine, this is where it came from, on the 30th anniversary of the founding of Ukraine's armed forces this week, the country's president um, donned a helmet and flak jacket to tour the trenches and announced with great fanfare the delivery of new tanks, armored vehicles, and ships to frontline units engaged in fighting Russian forces and Kremlin-backed separatists. So it goes on. It's a long article, but I just want you guys to know that this stuff is going on. You know, it's it's a general, uh, hopefully I'm not botching his name, Bunovov, Bunovov <laughs> outlined his nightmare vision of a Russian invasion. I think that's what they're really worried about. It would begin with airstrikes and rocket attacks aimed initially at ammunition depots and trench-bound troops. Very quickly, he said the Ukrainian military would be incapacitated, um, its leadership unable to coordinate a defense and supply the front. So this is a real thing that we need to keep an eye on that's going on right now um, with humanity. And, you know, I don't, they're such a small country, I doubt very much that they can defend themselves. So we'll keep an eye on that and see what happens. So anything to say about that, Heather? Uh, anything for me on the Ukraine? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I hate to see anybody, um, I hate to see any uh, anybody in this world being um, subjected to any kind of oppression or military uh, suppression or any of that. So I really hope uh that that does not happen because we don't need this right now um, i know the world does not need this with a pandemic and everything else going on so i hope i hope uh tempers cool and there's some kind of diplomatic into into that all i agree 
I agree. Well, thanks for saying so. You know, I just want to give a little information about you. You are from Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. Uh, you're a freelance writer, a journalist, an editor. Um, you received your bachelor's in film at, is it uh, Westland University? And um, you also uh, went to, M you got your MA in film studios from M. Emory University. She also studied film and theater at Cornell University and the University of Paris. How cool that must have been. Um, Heather's written for Religious News Service, Turner Classic Movies, The Wild Hunt, Circle Magazine. Wow, you've just done a ton of stuff. I'm welcome officially to High Road to Humanity and so excited to hear about this book. Thank you very much. I am uh, excited as well. And, and thank you for having me on. Um, it was quite an endeavor and it was a lot of fun, a lot of work, but um, definitely a labor of love. Yeah. So I just want to know, I mean, this thing, I mean, I, I'm going to tell the audience what I told you, you know, growing up, Bewitched was my favorite. I mean, honestly, I loved her. I thought she was the greatest. I wanted to be her. And I think a lot of us did who grew up in that era. And you go, you start, I mean, let's start from the beginning. Why did you even decide to put this together? I mean, what motivated you? What was your, um, you know, what, what, what made you decide to do this? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I noticed that there was a trend in um, which films or which related films in the 90s when I was in grad school. And I knew that there was something to that. Why? You know, why was that happening? And so I was thinking about doing it back then. But then life got in the way, uh, did some other things. And then in the 2010s, around 2011-12, I noticed there was an upswing in which films again. Mm -hmm. And so I started putting these this, the two together and I started thinking more and more about it and said, there's something to this. There's there's reasons why we have pockets of which films. And I wanted to see what that meant and what that what that looked like. And so I started doing the analysis and I said, it's time for me to do this. Um, this is a book because there's a lot of material and it's very interesting and lots of historical tidbits that people don't know. And, no. you know, it just, it, it just became so much fun as well as. Um, it's just interesting and, and, oh. and telling about our, our history. So that's how it started. Um, I think I started writing, started watching the movies, rewatching the movies, I should say, and oh, wow. uh, around 2014 or 15, something like that. I can't okay. remember exactly. <laughs> yeah, you guys, this is a thorough, let me tell you, she goes through the whole history. And I know we only have an hour show, but I am excited to hear um, about this. You know, you. I don't know if I should, you want to start a little bit in the beginning. Give us a little, you know, I, I have The Wizard of Oz, but that was 1939. A lot of this stuff started early with like silent films and things like that, where they brought in witches. Start with the beginning. What'd you find out that really blew your mind in the beginning of this? Um, well, I think that uh, the most interesting part about the silent era is that there wasn't any regulation then. There wasn't any censorship. So there was a lot of different things going on. Hollywood was just trying to establish itself. So it was it was really drawing from stories that Americans knew to get them to the theaters because, I mean, nobody had ever seen a moving picture before. So mm -hmm. there was a lot going on. It's very experimental. It's very fun and different. Um, and I think that the... Um, one of the more interesting things about the silent era is that witches aren't necessarily bad during the silent era. They're sort of folk witches. There's, there's a lot of accused witches like Salem type stories and witches are sort of just, um, you know, you pay them for their services and then they give you your services and they move on. They're, they're, they're sort of a moral or, or they help 
um, the hero, the hero or heroine. So they're not necessarily the evil bad that yeah. we expect. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. So in the beginning, they're really not evil. They just have some powers and they help the, they help the person in the story. Is that what it is? Yeah. They could help the, they could help okay. the hero. They could help the villain. They just sort of are, are, are the magical character. And that's similar to fairy tales. And that's where a lot of that came from. So you don't really have that uh, you know, monolithic evil that which has become later on. It's it's much more subdued. Um, well, yeah. Well, when did it happen? Like, I, I 1923. You, ha- I wrote a lot of notes here. I was so excited about your book. That was Hansel and Gretel. So, and that was an evil witch. So, at what point did the witch turn evil in the in the theater or in movies? Uh, well, she was. She was evil. I mean, there were still stories of of evil or bad witches. I hate to use the word evil because it sounds stronger than than bad. Right. You did have Hansel and Gretel stories because that's a classic tale. Um, but the witch wasn't the center of those stories. The way she is in The Wizard of Oz, or the way she is in uh, The Little Mermaid, um, the cartoon, uh, the Disney the Disney movie. Um, she is sort of one or the last bad thing that Hansel and Gretel will have to encounter. She's, right. she has plays a smaller role in the narrative, let's say. So if she's bad, she, and generally speaking, she's always a much smaller role than we see later on. Right. Now, why do you think that changed? Um, well, first of all, I think, uh, stories, the way they told stories back in the silent era changed. Um, because the goal was different. The goal then was just getting people into the theaters to tell a story. Um, They didn't focus on the narrative quite the way they do now. Um, And then uh, the, in 1930, um, the Hollywood implemented a censorship system. So things changed in the way they were represented and the way they could be represented, what could be put on screen changed significantly kind of curtail stuff. And also Hollywood didn't need to rely on fairy tales anymore or stories. We knew it started to experiment and create new stories. And, right. and Hollywood was developing sort of in its own language. Right. Hey, we got to go to commercial break. I'm using this for the podcast too. You guys, you got to pick this up. It's called lights, camera, witchcraft. It's a critical history of witches in America. America Film and Television. It's by Heather Green. It's a beautiful book, by the way. And this is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity, and we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. 
Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy. You're out. This is High Road to Humanity, and I'm here today with Heather Green. We're talking about witches, and this is just fascinating for me. You know, I, I read in the book, you know, there's a part like 1928 where they have witch doctors. And that was interesting. I thought, you know, um, white zombie 1932 with Bella Lagosa. So, I mean, talk about some of this. This is, I like the old stuff. I mean, I don't know. Do you have any <laughs> cool stories to tell us or some information like even Betty Boop, you know, Halloween party, I check that out. So it's kind of interesting. Any cool stories that you want to share? Um, well, from that period of time, um, you start to get sound and color. Um, animation is really big at that point. So, um, you know, you start to see changes. What's interesting about the 20s, and I always found fascinating, is that prior to like 1922 or so, there were witches um, all over the place in, in folk tales and, and fairy tales and, and some that were created by Hollywood. They were, they were all over. Um, then around 1922 or three, they kind of disappear. And the only place you really find them is in animation. It's, it's an interesting story. And this is where you start to see the correlation between um, uh, women's action and power in society, because during the twenties, women were, um, very active. They were getting out. They were having, uh, you know, think flapper, you know, uh, they were, yeah. there was much more, they were, they were given much more power in society at that time. So all of a sudden the witch disappears from screen around the same time. And she doesn't come back until 1934 when, uh, the production code censorship, um, is put into place, which which regulates how women are allowed to be portrayed on on screen. Oh, All of a sudden, you're going to this regulation to a much uh, a much more controlled version of what is supposed to be on screen. So now, witches because witches are have been what women are not supposed to be. It's it's the it's the empowered woman. So there's a representation there. It's very it's very interesting. So you only have the animated witches in the 20s and they are fun. I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and, and talk about that. A I mean, what was your favorite one? Um, let's see. Uh, I love the Betty Boop, but she's not really a witch in that one. So but I do love Betty Boop. And I think, um, gosh, I'd have to look at the list. No, no, it's okay. Um, there, yeah, I just remember so there's a Felix, the Felix, the cat ones are really fun. You yeah. can watch those on on YouTube. Felix, well, the cat, Felix, switches witches. Right. I want to show this. Throughout the book, she shows all the dates and, mm -hmm. and how this works. And I'll just run through a couple of these. So in 1921, it was The Devil Within. Uh, Hansel and Gretel was 1923. The Folly, the Folly of Vanity, 1924. Felix the Cat, 1925. Um, 
at the at the rainbow's end and then the wizard of oz came 1925 um this is really interesting all of this stuff what what a quite a bit of inter, uh, research you did here on all of this now let's get to um so we get to snow white and the seven dwarfs in 1937 and yes. the witch becomes evil is that pretty much the first time that we see this? Because she was scary. I can remember oh, yeah. being a little kid and being scared of that witch in the Snow, oh, yeah. in Snow White. Yeah. Yeah. She she is definitely the first time we see that strength, that level of evil, that level of fear. She's definitely, yeah. definitely the first one that takes prominence in the narrative where you're like, yeah. And today, I mean, even today, people are terrified, right? She was terrifying as a little yeah, kid, I have to say. <laughs> kids today will watch that movie and still be frightened of her. She's mm -hmm. fantastic. And to mm -hmm. think that animators did all of those drawings by hand is mind-blowing. Yeah, yes, it really. is. Amazing artistry. Now, when we get to 1939 and The Wizard of Oz comes out, you have Glenda the Good Witch. Mm -hmm. And then yes. you have The Wicked Witch of the West. And that's interesting because you have the good and the evil. Mm -hmm. They set up a very strong binary of good and evil, which was not really uh, typical for films until that point. So you wind up with the, the wizard, the Wicked Witch of the West is really a very much a horror witch, even though she's in a fantasy. She still has that uh, power in the story. She's on screen for less than any other character. I think it's like 11 minutes of the whole Seriously? movie. Yeah, like it's 11 minutes of the whole, I can't remember the exact minutes and it's in my book, but she's on screen for a very short amount of time. Okay. And surprising. yet it's, she is the one everybody thinks about first when you think about the movie. Well, yeah, the two things that I think the most about are the flying monkeys with her, because that just <laughs> scared me to death when I was a little kid, you know? And the other thing is the feet when they go up underneath the house. <laughs> You're just like, oh my God, it's just scary, you know, as a little kid. But that was so, that's so interesting. Now, so we move on from The Wizard of Oz. Now, I've never heard of this. It's Made of Salem was also done in 1937, and it was inspired by the witch trials uh, based on records, this was interesting, of 1692 in Massachusetts, um, uh, Massachusetts Bay at the Port of Salem. Talk about that. Do, can you tell us anything or? Well, yeah, the the um, Salem story is something that's already always fascinated uh, American audiences right from day one. I mean, the first Salem stories are being told in the silent era. Um, and it was alongside fairy tales that it was our Americana, our history. So Hollywood loved to tell those stories. So he made a Salem is the first one I believe done during the code era, which is the censored era that I keep talking about. And um, it's uh, a great little film. They definitely said they used real documents. There was some question and some infighting about uh, whether witches burned in Salem or whether they were hung. Of course, um, that was taken care of because that was cleared up immediately. Because when the interesting thing about that is when they did a... Um, a Salem story back in the silent era, citizens of Salem, Salem actually got up in arms because they burned the witches in that film. So, so they were very careful and made a Salem to make sure they got it right because they didn't want to anger the citizens of Salem. So they weren't burned? They were hung? <laughs> they were hung, yes. Okay. Uh, they were not burned. Yeah, because so, we always hear they were burned at the stake. 
Yeah, that was Europe. Uh, that was that's Europe's history, not Salem's history. And so gotcha. there's always there was. Gotcha. So it's funny to see the back documents when I was doing this book. I, I was looking at actual production documents and letters going back and forth. So there was a oh. uh, there was some back and forth to make sure that the film didn't get it wrong. Okay, that's they really want, interesting. They didn't want to make the Salem residents angry like that had happened before. Before, wow! Yeah. Oh my gosh! All right, then came Joan of Arc in 1948. Uh, return of the classic accused woman. You say? Yes, she is the classic accused woman. She is just like in the Salem stories. It's a similar type. I call it trial stories. Um, in this case, it's not Salem. Is um, you know, the woman who is accused of witchcraft, accused of magic, sorcery, whatever, but she really isn't a witch. So that's the accused woman. They aren't witches. They aren't um, in, in, in any way or form, but they're accused of that. And so that's the accused woman. And she's that's not the first Joan film. The first one was done in the silent era, Joan, the woman. Um, that's like me. I'm a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's gotten easier these days. But then there's some people who have that old, you know, that old thinking that mm -hmm. they don't. Yeah, they have that that I don't know. It's a, some kind of thing that that's put in their head about people who have abilities. And and that's what Joan of Arc had. She had abilities. And I think that's interesting that in 1948, they put that out, that she had those abilities. Yeah, because Joan of, Joan of Arc is more than just a... Um... You know, it's more than just a story about someone who could speak to um, God or, or was hearing voices. That's all in question. It's it's actual and historical accounts. So mm -hmm. and it's very and she's a saint. Right. You know, so so there's there's lots of lots of things to think about or lots of ways that we we think about Joan, um, Joan of Arc. And so this one was um, this one was a very long film. Um, it was, I, I want to say it was three hours. It was, oh, it was, not, yeah, it did not do very well um, because mainly because of that, it was a very long film, but it's, it was one of the few Joan of Arc mainstream films Hollywood has produced. Wow. Okay. Then there's the healing woman I wrote down in 1959 starring Virginia, uh, Greg and Steve McQueen. And I don't know about this one, the healing woman. What's that about? The Healing Woman is actually an episode of the television show. And if you have the thing open, you can um, you can look at which uh, television show it's a it's the um, Steve McQueen cowboy television show. And I can't think of the name of it off my top of my head. Oh, right now. OK, that's OK. It's, yeah, it's a it's it's in the list. And it, the Healing Woman is a story. It's a classic Western um, kid is getting sick um, and they turn the family turns to a local folk healer who's a woman mm -hmm. instead of the doctor. And then eventually Steve McQueen comes in, rides in and convinces the family that the kid needs to go to a real doctor and not a woman, a healer who's who's, right. who's good, who's good for midwifery. And that's about it. Okay. All right. So, now, I don't know. I may be jumping around here, but no, let's see. Fine. Okay. So bell book and candle. Okay. Now this is really hit me hard because we all watch the good witch on, you know, on TV <laughs> and her store is called bell book and candle. And I'm like, Oh, that was an original. It came from a movie. And I didn't know that in 1958. Um, we've, we got to go to commercial break. When we come back, let's talk about that. Because that's just, you know, a lot of people watch The Good Witch. I don't know. Her <laughs> book is called Lights, Camera, Witchcraft. It's by Heather Green. You got, and do you have a website or anything, Heather? 
Yeah, I do. It's heathergreen.net. Um, and you can find me there. All right. Fantastic. This is Nancy. You're out. This is High Road to Humanity. And we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole person approach, not just food. I address stress, sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com or message me on Instagram through the handle Sparking Wholeness. And now let's get back to the show. We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with Heather Green. We're having a fantastic conversation about witchcraft and, you know, the witches of history. Um... Let's go back to Bell, Book, and Candle. I don't, I didn't know there was a movie in 1958. Talk about this. What was that about? Um, well, the movie was very popular. It's a classic uh, romantic comedy melodrama. Um, oh. It's based on a play, I believe, that was published in and was on Broadway in 1952, okay. 53, then was picked up and became a film, the classic film uh, in 1958. It's absolutely fantastic it's one of my favorite witch films definitely. i'm gonna have to watch this because I must, yes <laughs> oh my god i didn't know anything about this okay yes it's it's a it's a really fun film and, and it works on so many different levels um when you when you watch it which is what was interesting and, and what i discuss in the book is the various levels that the film actually works on you can just enjoy it for what it is you know because it's fun um it's even got a christmas tree in it and um some witchy magic and new york cool. the New York 1950s scene, uh, village scene. So it's it's got a lot of fun with it. Great acting, Jack Lemon, Jimmy Stewart, all all lots of great actors. Um, then uh, you can look at it from the perspective of the witch, and and if she is representative of a woman's power, which is what witchcraft typically is in these movies, you know she has to either give up her witchcraft or um, get married, and she can't 
have both. Okay. She can't be a witch and a woman, essentially a human woman. And so that's the negotiation, her identity and what she's going to do. So you can imagine in the 1950s, what her choice is in the end. And she falls in love and she loses her magic and all of those things. And then, and and then (laughs) we have Bewitched. Then we have Bewitched, you guys. It ran, and I didn't know this, it ran from 1965 to 1972. My favorite show of all time. I think I've seen every episode. You guys, I named my daughter Samantha. That's how much <laughs> I like. I mean, it was as a kid and even growing up and even today, I'll watch the, what a well done show. I mean, come on. It, and Darren, I want to ask about this. I didn't realize the first Darren was really, really wonderful, but he had issues and that's why they brought in another Darren. Do you know that story? I don't know the details of that story, honestly. I, okay. I, I probably read it, but I, okay. I've, I've, I've forgotten it. Well, tell <laughs> us what you laughed. know about, that's okay. Tell us what you know about Bewitched because it is my fave of all time, I have to say. Oh yeah, it is. And it, it, it was very popular and it lasted um, mm-hmm. for so long. And, um, you know, I think the things with Bewitched is sort of like the other one. It, it works on so many levels. I think there was, a, it was a time when women were trying to figure out whether they wanted jobs in their houses or in a, in, you know, they were negotiating this sort of, I want to work outside my house. Do I want to stay and be the traditional um, uh, housewife? And so she kind of, you know, she was kind of pushing. She was very, very edgy at the time. She was very progressive. Yeah. Yeah. And what's fun about, like I just said about Bewitched and how, um, uh, Jillian had to give up her witchcraft to have to fall in love and get married. Samantha doesn't have to. Samantha, right. what's so fun about Samantha is that she is trying desperately not to do witchcraft the whole time, which is hysterical, but mm-hmm. she always resorts to it in the end. And she right. always is saving Darren. She's fighting off her mom. So it kind of was like a very much a, um, uh, a, a, a show of the period of time. You know, you had different cultures coming together in a family, the witch culture and the human culture living together, um, intercultural marriage, intercultural family relations, having to deal with mo- your, your mother-in-law, having to deal <laughs> with your mother being in the, the crazy uncle who comes in. It had oh, so I know. much going on that people really could relate to. Yeah. Um, and magic was just the, o- the overlay. It was really fun. Yeah. And all the people, I mean, all the actors, I mean, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. And I still watch them today. I really, oh yeah. I still watch them today. All right. Then comes, and also the Adams family. I want to mention the Adams family real mm-hmm. quick. As a kid, I watched that one too. That was a little bit, uh, I don't know, different. It was kind of, I don't know. Do you know anything that you want to say about that? Uh, no, I think the Adams family and the monsters is another one. Um, they, they're, they're fun in a different way, but also were very progressive too. I mean, they had messages to send to people who were just experiencing changing culture. And that's what these shows did in, in masked and fun and, um, Gothic and, uh, you know, um, uh, fictional ways, fantastic ways. Then we get to like Rosemary's Baby, which 1969, what you say is 1969 to 1978, the horror, it was the horror exploitation. Um, It all switched. What happened? Um, Well, the production code was taken away. I mean, that's the big easy answer. There was no more censorship. So if you remember back, back, back before 1968, um, it 
it was this code. And so a film had to, to, in order for a film to be on the screen, it had to go through the code, get accepted, and then it would get a seal of approval, essentially saying it's been approved to be on the screen. Okay. It had to meet certain standards. After 1968, they get rid of that because it was written in 1930. And by 1968, it was like, it seemed outdated. And right. so they went to the, they went to a rating system, which is what everyone knows today, the G, P, G, R. So we went to a rating system instead. So once that happened, it opened up um, people, it opened up directors, filmmakers to be, to, to create films that could never be created before because of the code or couldn't be created and seen on mainstream film, I should say. So you wind up with horror getting, breathing a new life. Cause all of a sudden there was all this material that could never be in mainstream films, even B films. And now it was flowing. So we have tons of horror. And on top of that, for which films, um, it was also a reemergence uh, re or an emergence of a modern witchcraft movement. Um, alongside all of the other movements and all the changes that were happening in society back then. So Hollywood had lots of material to work with. So they created yeah. a whole rash of what I call witch exploitation films, just mm -hmm. one after the other. Rosemary's Baby is fantastic. It's one of those like Bell Book and Candle you can go back and watch today and enjoy. I know, I know. <laughs> and <laughs> that's a good one. A lot of the other ones are not good ones. <laughs> no, actually, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just unleashed. And it, you say the, satan the satanic horror um, mm -hmm. was unleashed in like 1969. Now, so when you were in college, you started to see what? You started to see different witch movies. Talk about that Charmed. Yes. Uh, you know, let's talk I about in, some of that. Yeah, yeah. When I was in, when I was in grad school, so, so there was the 1970s was what I call a, um, a period of a time when witch films were very popular. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that went away into, into the eighties, mm -hmm. the nineties, there was an, a, once again, a second wave. Right. Um, it, and it started out, uh, the, the film started out as being very, um, uh, being part of the satanic panic. So there were very, there were a lot of evil witches in, in they're usually single women or trios of women um, think um, hocus pocus or think uh, witchcraft. And a lot of focus was wonderful though. I mean, come <laughs> on. Hocus pocus was fantastic. I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't a good film. I'm just saying it's what the witch, the, 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 I'm talking about the representation of the witches themselves. They were child eaters. Essentially. So wait Which, a minute. Did men create these? Did, did men create them? Is that why? No, they were, no, they were child eaters because the period of time was they were, people were worried about witches, um, you know, harming children. That was, that was a satanic panic. And so that's what that came out of. Um, of course that was lighter. That was a kid's film, you know, right, and it certainly right. was light, but it was just trend. It was the trend at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Hocus Pocus is getting a redo, I think. Uh, oh, is it really? Oh, one, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can redo that one. Well, I think there, I think it's a, a, a prequel or a sequel. I'm not sure. I don't, it's not an actual redo. Okay. Um, but uh, anyway, so you have a bunch of films that are sort of dancing around that topic. But when I noticed it, which is what you asked me, mm -hmm. was later, things kind of reversed. And yeah. all of a sudden in, in the late 90s, mid 90s, you have Charmed, you have Buffy the Van Vampire Slayer, which has who has which is which has Willow. You have um, The Craft. You have a number of films uh, based on that. Um, Little Witches from Canada, etc. You have um, uh, Practical Magic. 
Um, a number of films that are like uh, Sabrina, the teenage witch, her first yeah. live action appearance all happen within a period of three years. And they're all, and all of that's part of the new girl power movement that happened at that time, telling girls, they could be whatever they want. They can be vampire slayers. They can be witches. They can be whatever they want to be. Well, and I, yeah, that's, it's interesting. Well, I will say Charmed was one of my favorites. I love the sisters. Um, I know they've come back and redone it, but it's really not the same. I like the original when they had the three sisters that stuck together and there were a lot of good stories. They had, a, that had a good storyline, I guess I want to say um, to it. And, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that was kind of a cool one too. So there were some really good ones out there. Well, listen, um, I want to talk more about, um, which is today. And when we come back from commercial break, I want to talk about Harry Potter. So, okay. You guys, this is Nancy Yerald. I'm here today with Heather Green. Her book is Lights, Camera, Witchcraft. It's so interesting. This would be a fantastic book to give somebody um, for Christmas, honestly. I mean, what a wealth of information this has in it. And we pick this up on Amazon or can we get it on your website or... I have links to my website and you okay. can get it at the publisher, Llewellyn.com. And also, yeah, all the major retailers. Okay. And it's heathergreen.net. This is Nancy Yerald. This is High Road to Humanity. And we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me, and I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles, entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. On Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams. 
and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on iTunes, and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yeroth. This is High Road to Humanity, and we're doing our last segment here with Heather Green, and we're talking about witches. Now, I want to know a little bit about Harry Potter because, and you don't, you touch on it in the book a little bit. Um, you know, that brought it back. The reason I really love Harry Potter is because children started to read again. Mm. These books came out, you know, I had seen children watching and playing games and not reading. And I thought that was such a little godsend that they started reading books again and they became interested and they couldn't wait for the new one to come out. And that was my big takeaway from Harry Potter, although it was magical and I love the story too. So talk about that a little bit. Um, Yeah, the books, um, obviously, I agree. It really did bring kids back to reading. And um, a lot of people just fell in love with the characters, the story and the magic part of it, the witchcraft part of it was just a fantastical overlay of a story that's way more um, uh, universal and and almost uh, almost deep in mythology. So you have these you have the story of the hero. It's the classic Joseph Campbell story happening with a British feel and a um, an overlay of magic. And so you get this universal story embedded in the, in the witchcraft uh, lore and, and fun. Um, and, and it was fun. And, and the movies just followed suit. They were so well done. Um, yeah. Just I always think about the, the candles other. up in the air. The candles up in the air. Always, I always <laughs> thought that was the coolest thing. I just thought that was the greatest. And I love the ghosts that fly around and stuff. I don't know. I'm a kid at heart. I think we all are. Mm-hmm. And when we see those, I mean, I how many adults read those books and watch those movies? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. The movies were, and they got darker and scarier as it went on. I mean, you could not watch some of the later movies. Younger kids could not watch um, mm-hmm. until they were older. Um, I've watched them multiple times. I do enjoy the Harry Potter uh, films and um, very much so. I think they were very well done and it's a very fun franchise. Yeah. yeah. But I don't talk about it too much in my book. And there's no. a reason. Okay, tell me. I'm ready. Um, because the because because they're British films, and even though they were created with some American uh, uh, artists involved, and also uh, distributed by an American company, they're really very much a British um, uh, cultural product. And so my, my book focuses on the U S and I talk about that uh, at the beginning in my introduction of how that, why that is and why I do that, why I focus on American films. And, and then I mention it again, but you can't not say, mention Harry Potter and talk about which films because they were so popular here, uh, you know, as well. Yeah. Well, rewind. Why do you, you, you say in the beginning, you just talk about um, the U S why did you decide to do it that way? Well, because, um, you know, if I want to know, if I want to know and answer the question about what witches mean, 
to us here in the U.S., Mm-hmm. I can't look at British films made by British people in a British culture or any other, not just that. So mm-hmm. I don't include Italian films and Mexican films and French films and, um, you know, et cetera. There's a wonderful, um, there's wonderful films uh, coming out of Japan that have witch themes. So, but that oh, was, that's, but that's coming from a different from the, culture. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that's a different book essentially in a different study. And I would love to do those, but I wanted to see why, how we how we look at witches through our films and why do they look like that here specifically in the US. Now, when did this come out? This just came uh, out. October. October, yeah. I was gonna say. One month okay, ago. So, okay, so tell me some reaction and tell me what the feedback has been from it so uh, far. I am so pleased and I feel very um, humbled by the feedback, honestly, because everybody tells me how much they are enjoying the book, um, how they can read it in parts, like just when they feel like it, or some people are telling me they read, they'll watch a movie, they'll read that part of the book, or, or they're skipping around depending on what their favorite movies are. And, um, you know, I always love hearing what people say, what they're like, you told me Bewitched is your favorite. I love hearing that kind of thing. Tell me what your favorite movie is. Tell me which one new discoveries you're having. It's, it's, it's really heartwarming and, um, entertaining and um, like humbling, as I said. Yeah. Now I've been watching movies lately and they've really gotten dark. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about that a little bit. We've got, you know, 10 more minutes or so to discuss this. What do you think has happened? Because I won't watch these. I am one of the, I'm an empath and I don't like the scary stuff. I don't watch it. I just don't. Um talk about this a little bit. I mean, that's the dark stuff I'm talking about now is really dark and it's not about Harry Potter. It's not fun. It's not, you know, there's why, why do you think we're having this now? Um, I, I, I talk about this in relation to which films a little bit at the last chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, when society um, tends to get um, de- destabilizes um, there's stress um, concerns um Things are breaking down um, uh, boundaries. People are questioning things. You start to see um, darker elements being expressed in film, generally speaking. So like we saw it in the 70s and it did the the 70s. Rosemary's Baby, The Omen. Think about those. That's the 70s stuff. That's when the slasher film, the teen slasher film that mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard of. It's mm-hmm. think um, Freddy Krueger and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That started in the 70s as well. And right. a lot of that kind of horror began then. And it was another time of destabilization of our society. And that's when which films also had an upswing. So you sort of see that going on now. It's different. It looks different. It's more intense now. It's intense and it's dark. I mean, it's, it's very, really, yeah. some, it's like, wow, I'm even shocked at some of this stuff. Well, we have now, we not only have sort of the the horror elements that I was talking about in the 70s, you have our, our contemporary version of that. You also have a lot of, especially with, with which films you see it, and you see it in other genres as well, is that we have a, um, a renegotiation of our stories. And what I mean by that is that we're starting to look at a lot of, and you, you'll notice this, is that a lot of our here um not our heroes, but our, our hero, let's start with heroes. Our heroes now have, have foibles. They have, they have problems. They're not the perfect Superman that we thought he he was, how we were told. We also have the villains having backstories. Oh, wait a minute. That's why the villain is bad. They're not totally bad. So we have this breakdown of what's good and what's evil. Now it's kind of like mixed. The, The heroes could be 
have problems and they could be bad at times and the bad guys could be good at times. And so there's confusion of what is going on and what stories are real and what stories are fake. And maybe our history wasn't right. And so you have a lot of breakdowns and things. Boy, there you go. Maybe our history wasn't right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's a great, have you seen, um, have you seen the movie? um, uh, um, What's it called? It's the musical thing. Just, (laughs) I can't think of it for a second. Um, Into the Woods. No. Meryl Streep. Okay. So it's a musical, a Stephen Sondheim musical. Stephen Sondheim just passed. I may have, but go ahead. Yeah. Tell the audience. Anyway, it's, um, it's Meryl Streep plays the witch in it. At one point she said, I'm the witch. And she, she makes, and I can't quote her directly, but she says something like in her song, um, you know, I may have been right all along. She essentially says that you may not like what I do, but I I may have been right all along. It's part of the song. It's part of the musical. Mm -hmm. And so that's the kind of concept that we're seeing a lot now is, is that maybe the witch who was the evil character all these years, maybe she was right all along and maybe the other people were were wrong. So it's really throwing. So that's the darkness that you're seeing is really Mm -hmm. a combination of different things. It's not only just the the horror and the extreme and the sensationalism. It's also sort of this breakdown of who's good and who's bad. And I don't know who to follow. Think Game of Thrones. I mean, it's like Mm -hmm. you follow someone, you think they're good and then they do something that's like, oh gosh. Yeah. I didn't know. Why you? Yeah. Why didn't that character have to do that? You know. <laughs> well, and it's it's just interesting the whole thing. And I tell you what, I really feel like, of course, this is high road to humanity, and I'm I interview a lot of different people, and we are trying to raise our vibration here on the planet right now. And in my mind, it is down to good and evil. And I don't really like the evil shows because I would like to see more positive shows. I'd like to see more. Po- I mean, more touched by an angel, you know, more Samantha, you know, that type of thing on Bewitched. Um, you know, because I'd like to see the woman being empowered. I'd like to see people um, use some of the abilities that we have. You know what I mean? I mean, because yes. we have abilities. That would be nice if we could see something like that. So I have a question. So out of all these, I mean, out of all this information, what was the most interesting or shocking thing to you out of doing your research? Um, well, before before I answer that question, I, I, on your other point about yeah. about the um oh yeah go ahead touched by an angel type of yeah yeah good what what they called yeah. a woo woo film back in 1980 is called Resurrection. I highly recommend you see it. It's actually a very good film. Okay, and it was done in this split little part of time when some of the witchcraft and myst films became more mystical and supportive of it. And resurrection is absolutely, it was, I think it was nominated for Academy Award. So I highly recommend you watch that one. That was, okay. that's a feel good film okay. um, in many ways um, in that, in that spirit. But what most shocking um, let's see. Well, I love to tell the story of why the wicked witch has green skin. Okay, that was one thing that I really wanted to know. And it, people are always surprised. So basically in, in um, 1938, 37, and they're, they're playing with Technicolor. Okay. A lot of films were black and white prior to that. Not all, but most. And so they were playing with the Technicolor. So you remember she starts out in black and white. And then when she goes to Oz, it's color. This was yeah. going to be fantastic. So the Oz, so they were testing out the Wicked Witch's costume on her. They were doing tests um, in Technicolor on film. And her head looked like it was floating yeah. because, because of the Technicolor, because of the technology. The black dress, high color black dress with her skin made it look like there was a line across Um, the collar. And so it would, it looked like her head was just kind of floating there. 
So the only way to fix that problem was to change the color of the dress or change the color of her skin. So she became green. That is crazy. Oh my there were no green witches prior to that. And then after that, witches were green everywhere. Okay. That's really interesting. Really, really interesting. Wow. So is there, is there any more stories that you want to share with us or anything you want to talk about as far as today's witches or what's going on today? And if you had anybody who's actually a witch contact you <laughs> and say, hey, <laughs> you got it wrong or you got it right. <laughs> um, I have, um, yes, I have lots and lots of witches reading this book and they love it too. Modern witches are reading it. Everybody, people who love film are reading it and giving me really great feedback as well as modern witches. And I do explore their, that movement a alongside uh, the metaphysical movement alongside of film, because that's an important piece that affects Hollywood as well. So I, I do talk about that. Um, and um, in we'll talk about that a little bit. Talk about the modern witchcraft or, or, or witches and what are they like and, and how different are they today? Um, well, modern witches are very, very diverse. And so you can't lump them all into one, um, one category like, uh, like Hollywood does. So many of ah. the, many of the witches that you see on screen, most of the witches you see on screen bear no resemblance to what you actually see in real life. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's, you're not going to look up and see a, a, a modern witch on a broomstick, uh, you know, headed to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. And how did the broomstick come about? Let me just throw that out there real quick. Where did you, where did that come from? That's pre-Hollywood. That's from European lore. I believe it's European-based. It may be from other places because witchcraft uh, and magic have been practiced all over the world. Um, I and I can't remember the exact story at this point. Um, a lot of this kind of lore and this stuff is um, has multiple stories behind it. Um, but um, but you know, broomsticks have traditionally been in the home associated with women. There's a lot of reasons for the broom. Um, and flying was something um, a lot of metaphysical people did in Europe. Uh, a lot of um, shamans would, uh, you know, interact with different kinds of um, methodologies to make themselves oh, yeah, meditate. It's kind of, and, yeah, it's intertwined. Yeah. It's all intertwined, it's isn't it? It's all intertwined. It's it's lore. It just kind of lots of stories. A lot of stuff is oral. So it just, it, it just feeds. And a lot of the mythology around witchcraft and which came into Hollywood is pre- uh, 1900. It's older than old. And it's just an amalgam of whether it's fairy tales or religious language or oral folk tales and folk magic. It's just a, a mesh of a lot of things. And today you asked earlier, what are, witch, what are witchcraft movies like today? Mm -hmm. They're really um, bringing in a lot more than a lot more uh, diversity that of, of magical practice than they did before. So it used to be, we just see like things like the wizard of Oz, you know, uh, fairy tale type stuff, or then you had some satanic stuff, you know, that comes from mostly from Catholic lore and, 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 uh, other types of Euro European stories. And then today you're getting a little bit of hoodoo practice, folk magic practice, um, uh, different types of um, regional magical practices represented as witchcraft now too, in a positive light. So it's very, very different. It's diversifying, it's changing its flavor, it's positive and negative. Yeah, it's really breaking down in a lot of different ways that it never did before. Interesting. Really interesting. This is a very interesting book. Now, do you have another book in you? 
I probably do, but I haven't started it yet. I'll have to get back to you when I start. That. <laughs> no, you're welcome to. You're welcome to. I think it's just fantastic. I mean, I know it took you, you said about four years to put this together. Yeah. And I just, I think it's amazing. And I think you did a wonderful job. And I just want to thank you for coming on the show and telling us, you know, about this, because it's just, it's very interesting to me. I just think it's great. Yeah, thank you very much. I think anyone, anyone who likes movies and movie history um, loves it. And a lot of people love, you know, they love to watch the hum- which which movies on Halloween. Yeah. Um, you know, people who love horror, um, there's, you know, tons of tons of horror movies with witches. So it really, it's a really fun book for, for everybody. I mean, Wizard of Oz. I mean, it, that's enough. That's my favorite movie. So, <laughs> so I'm like, all you have to do is watch the Wizard of Oz. And if you enjoy that, you'll enjoy this book. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You guys, it's called Lights, Camera, Witchcraft. It's uh, a critical history of witches in America, film and television. This is what it looks like. It's by Heather Green. Her website is heathergreen.net. Thanks again, Heather, for coming on the show today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. Yes, thank you. Hey, you guys, this is Nancy Yearout. If you want a psychic reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com. Click on the book button and you can book your date and time. Um, also, I've got the uh, High Road to Humanity VIP going right now, you guys. So I have some special films to teach you guys different things. It's $5.99 a month if you want to check that out. And you get to ask me two questions a month. So having said that, um, thanks again, Heather. And you guys have a great week. This is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. Everybody take care and God bless. Hey, you guys, join me next week on The High Road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know that by staying on The High Road, you will make it to your destination. Visit my website, nancyyearout.com, where you can book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. And check out my YouTube channel. It's Nancy Yearout's High Road to Humanity. You can achieve your goal